0: Welcome back everybody this is episode 245 of the black eagles podcast and i am your host sinan schwarding right. live from new york city where the weather has turned it's like you know i i talked about how the summer was holding out And it is quite warm, actually, again today, but we had, like, torrential downpours this weekend. It was, like, a hurricane. And I will say, today things have cleared up quite nicely. But, as usual, the metaphor extends. You could say that we had torrential downpours yesterday as well. I'm just gonna dive in, forget about spoilers and all that, because I'm sure everyone knows what's going on. I'm actually... uh, uh, not a day late, a few hours late in fact. Usually I do this late night, Monday night, doing it Tuesday morning instead. And yeah, because everyone knows why. Bit of a bit of a bummer. Bashatosh slips up for the first time of the season, losing to Bashak Shahir. Nil to one. I'll do the whole routine, the song and dance. We'll talk about highlights and stats and all that, but just lay it out on the table, because I think it's important to really stay focused. Eye on the prize, right? Like we were by far the better side in that match. Operation is in effect, is in effect as of right now. You might be an advanced, you know, analytics person. You, you look at XG, we dominated in that category. You might Be an old school statistician and just, you know, look at, you know, the classics. Like, chances and shots and all that. And of course, we won that one threefold. 21 shots to their seven. They had one shot on target. We only had two, however, so we were very, very, very inefficient up there. That said, they had one shot on target and one goal, right? so. It speaks to the the nature of the loss, if you will. You know, Emre Belizolo, their coach, talked a good game after the match, and it was really just a load of crap. Pardon my language. I mean, I toned it down anyhow, but um, just he was he was full of it oh we've faced better sides than, like like who who've you faced that's better than Touch this year first of all and second of all you just got your butt dominated and we're lucky to walk out of that match with any points at all much less three so you know be humble <sighs> but anyway it is what it is I Eminem's mean, been a bit of a character his whole career cough cough um let's talk a little bit about this match i guess that's that's what we're here for but i guess even before we do that there's a little bit of news going into the match first of all to, just to bring us down a bit right joseph was, was going to be suspended for one match they said they were not going to consider it like an act of violence or anything which would have required it to um be maybe like five match ban we've seen ten match ban um, but that should therefore mean that there wasn't a red card in the first place, so They should have just fully rescinded it. We should have had Joseph for this match uh, Instead we had to play Berkai Vardar, uh, and again, I'll get into all that, but That was uh, that was a bit of a knife job, if you will, by the TFF Then of course the, the news came in about Dele Ali's injury. I don't think I had the final update on this last week he is out for 10 days, so he might be back for not the match against uh, our, our, not our upcoming match against Istanbul Sport, but he might be back for the Derby against Fenerbahce. So here's to, you know, crossing our fingers for that. No, I take it back because the, we, before the Derby, we have the, the international break. So actually, yes, he might be back for Istanbul Sport. It was this one match he was definitely out for, because 10 days means it was almost two weeks, right? So <clears throat> it'll come right up against the Istanbul Sport match. Maybe we don't rush him back. We'll see. But um, yeah, sorry for, for that little little brain fart there, but it is what it is. Anyway, so it's not a serious injury as so I guess the good news on that front. Uh, and then finally, the, the best news of the week. So we went from the bad to the ugly to the good instead of good, the bad, and the ugly, if anyone who gets that reference, <clears throat> but yeah, so the good is that we got a really good solid Turkish central defender who goes by the name of name of Tayyip Talha, Talha uh, Sanuc, I believe it is. <laughs> I should have done my research on pronunciation here. Tayyip Talha Sa- Sanuc. Um, he's from Adana Demirspor, he had been replaced by Rakitski. You know, they brought in a big foreign central defender to replace him with. So he had found himself on the bench, uh, which works well to our advantage. Um, it's definitely worth mentioning that he's only 22 years old. Um, so quite a young player. A, a solid Turk, which we need so that we don't have to play. Nejip Uysel, I'm not going to talk about... The match at hand, but I will say offhand that uh, he did enter our, our match. He made his debut late in this one, and he looked really solid. He made a great uh, defense into counter, where he he passed the ball cleverly up the right side. So um, yeah, a great little introduction. Some will say, oh, you know, he should have started this match. I don't. I don't agree. I mean, I. I mean. Let me rephrase that. I might agree, in fact, but I understand why you don't do it, right? He's he's not fresh, right? Even guys like Masuaku, Dele Ali, you can kind of throw right in because they've been training with their teams, they've been playing. Not so much the case with this fella because he'd been benched for Rakitsky. So I think you got to warm him up, you got to train him up a bit. Maybe I'm being a little hypocritical, because Dele Ali had sort of just played minimally for Everton, I believe, but, I mean, wh- whatever, it is what it is. He's also quite young, right, as a 22-year-old, so I, I think, you you know, being a little conservative there, to some extent, understandable for Valerian as well. With that said, let's, da- let's dig into this match, because at this point we've already t- discussed like half the lineup. So to begin with, in the goal again, Emre Bilgin. I said last week that you know maybe considering he was a little shaky in that in that match last week, maybe we should play him again just to let him sort of regain his confidence. It's a rough couple of matches, you know, away in Ankara and then playing against a very solid, hot Bashakci here, who have come into our match in good form. It's worth noting they um, not only have beaten just about everyone in the Super League, with the exception of drawing and Konyaspor, but they've beaten Alanya, uh, Kayseri, Kasim Pasha, right, I mean, not, not like heavyweights or anything, but on top of that, they've actually done quite well in Europe, having just defeated Hearts of Midlothian, nil to four, Royal Antwerp they beat to get there, you know, in a, in a two-legged series, um, so, you know, they're in... Let's give them credit where it's due. They're in solid form coming into this match. They're gonna to be tough opposition. So, perhaps it's it's a bit much to ask of Emre Bilgin, right? Like, a rough two games to make his debut in. But it is what it is. Perhaps, you know, I think everyone at this point is assuming there's some issue with in the, in the in the back room, right? There's some contract dispute. Perhaps he didn't extend right that news that Serjan Dikme had reported was that <clears throat> he had extended, but Ajax was looking for him. Maybe, you know, th- that deal broke down, maybe they've pushed it off till the winter, you know, I mean, I, I, I really have no idea, it's all speculation on my part, but the fact that Eminem Bilgin has been sort of forced into the lineup suggests something is going on. With that said, And this is, I think, very important because I think for all the criticism one, you know, because if it's not some weird backroom contract stuff and it's just a decision by Valerian Ismail, let's all be realistic. Like, every one of us, I think, was pretty excited to have him be sold because we need the money, with the logic being that Emre Bilgin is already good enough to play. Certainly, I was a believer in this logic. He showed it. Previous appearances. So these two appearances where he's a little shaky should not A, hide the fact that, I mean for the most part, Eminem Bilgin is probably good enough. I mean, he is good enough. Or at least he showed to be good enough. I think every one of us thought so coming into the season. And so it shouldn't really be any real major drop-off for us to see him out there. Even though it's a little suspect or whatever that, you know, suddenly Arsene is not playing. So that, lay, that lane of criticism is one I'm not really going to get in. I, I don't think it should really matter. Now, uh, the back line, Roman size and Nejip we saw, like I said, um, our new guys not being tossed right into the lineup. I think we can probably expect to see him against Istanbul score. <laughs> Honestly, after this last match, we'll talk about it. So yeah, Nejip, not his finest performance. But uh, on his flank, <clears throat> uh, Valentin Rosi on the right side, on the left side. Arthur Masuaku. In our midfield, I mentioned this, Berkay Vardar was in the back for Joseph, uh, with Salih Uchan and Jedson Fernandes up front, ahead of him, with of course, Jackson Muleka, George Cavant Kudu, and Wout Reghorst in the middle, up front. So you know, that seems okay, like we have four Turks out there, it's worth noting. With Emre, Nejib, Sali, and Berkay Vardar, but that's a good thing, right? It's a good thing that like we have enough good Turks that that would be the case. And certainly, Berkay is the backup for Joseph while Atiba remains out or whatever, whatever that's all about. Um, so it's fine. You know, I don't have a real problem. I don't think Sali needs to be replaced. He's been good all season. Um, we don't. I mean, I guess because of that, why? Like, I don't, I'm not sure why we don't see Montero or Wellington instead of Nejip, But clearly, there's something going on in the back room with that. In that regard, we haven't seen either of them in a long time. You know, Montero is of course a left a lefty, um, so maybe he doesn't want to play him on the right side. Wellington, however, you know, uh, he could have been available, you'd think, but um, not to be for whatever reason. He's not even on the bench. So I mean, maybe he's still injured his defense I feel like we could have seen Montero but whatever everyone knows I'm a Montero guy um but I mean again you know to be 100% honest and if I'm gonna say that like Salih-chan should stay out there because he's been good enough it's not like we have a foreign option in his position anyway but I think you could probably make the argument that with the exception of last match uh not not Basakshi here um but in fact I'm saying the match previous where we beat Ankara Guji but barely I mean, Najib showed some cracks in that match but with the exception of that match he's actually been quite solid this season so you know, maybe his form merited him being out there, I guess, right? I don't know <laughs> Now, in the first half, it's interesting, there's no like official stats no cards handed out, no subs, no goals <laughs> um, with that said, Besiktas despite having not much of the ball dominated proceedings. And let's talk about some highlights. First of all, eighth minute, Volkan with a sort of lazy pass out to his defender. Nkudu rounds him, takes the ball off and does quite well with it. Um, I think it's, uh, who's number five? Leo Duarte, yeah, who comes racing in from the right to, to try to cut Nkudu out doesn't succeed. The ball sort of bounces up back into the path of Nkudu and he laces a shot just just high uh, and it's like a one on one like that should have been a goal um, and in fact he's called for a handball on the play but I think if they look at it, if he scores and they look at it for VAR they'll see it was not a handball and that's goal number one that sort of doesn't happen because of uh, I don't know, bad luck or a little sloppiness by Nkudu. 10th minute, corner kick from Salih finds the head of Nejip, and uh, it's cleared off the line, in quotes, by Mahmoud Tektamir. Uh, I'm not entirely certain it was cleared off the line. I think it may have been a little wide, but nonetheless, it was, uh, you know, again, we're, we're pressing, we're, we're in their area, almost scoring. 12th minute, Masuaku would send in a ball uh, after some. Pretty decent build-up. Finding I don't know if it was Sally or Nejip. maybe it was Nejip, in fact, sends in a shot from pretty far out, which forces a save. Low corner, low right corner of the goal. Or I guess left if you're if you're facing the goal. For the keeper, he went to his right. Um, sure that's very important to all of you. Later on in that very minute, I think it was Masuaku who sent in who sent in a cross for um, about horse, and it's Leo Duarte who intercepts, but he gets on all fours, so he like heads it down, but he gets on all fours in doing so for some weird reason, and the ball hits his hand, and it seems like the most obvious handball in the world, because like, because of him applying his hand to the ball, it changes the trajectory of it, and it th- I think it's bouncing into the path of that horse instead he kind of corrals it, um... Again, we've seen this before, and we got it the last time. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, because it goes to the head first, they're saying it's not a hand. Uh, for me, these rules are getting so weird and like mystifying. You know, very mystical and like it's like not just subjective, but it like depends on like the waning of the ma- the moon and, and the sun. It's all too random, in my in my honest opinion. Like there's there's very little logic to it anymore. I don't know. Like, the purpose of the of the, the rule itself is being undermined by the way it's, it's applied and interpreted now. I think the logic is you're not allowed to use your hands, right, like, and I think, like, if you're if using your hand interferes with the course of play, it should be a handball. It's not really, like, he didn't have to get a card. It wasn't, like, intentional or whatever, right? It wasn't, like, a foul, per se, but his hand gets in the way of the ball, moving into towards our player where he would have a chance on goal and instead we don't because of his hand like I don't know again like why do we have this rule handball if that's not what it's for (laughs) it's killing me I hate the modern rule of this I hate the way they keep changing it and modifying it and tinkering and tinkering and tinkering and like every year there's a new facet that you have to incorporate into your analysis it's terrible like get it together Football, man. Like that's so annoying. And and that's I don't know if that's FIFA or UEFA or you know, whoever whichever governing body needs to get its crap together, but come on man, it's so annoying. Ugh, I'm venting here. Twenty-fifth minute. Nedjib Uso. Um terrible pass. Right into the path of none other than Bertrand Traire, the twenty-seven-year-old right-winger. I didn't even do their lineup. Which whatever, was... screw them. Uh, but so yeah, terrible pass from Nejip, goes to the path to Traor, he does well, dribbles a few guys, um, kind of almost rounds Roman Sice, but Nedjip comes back to make the final save, so he sort of redeems himself on that one, but off of a terrible pass to the opposition that would have almost resulted in an assist, uh, although not obviously officially. So that was annoying. Uh, But in the 39th minute, Jackson Muleka sends in a lovely cross from his left foot, perfectly into the path of George Cavant and Kudu, who, you know, struggles to bring it down, perhaps, although, you know, his instinct should just be to get it across the goal line, because it's just him and the keeper at that point. Instead, he kind of brings it down, and the keeper gets down and stops it. So, no goal again. And so, yeah, that's it for the half. Nil-nil. Those are the highlights. Um, there was, I will mention, their right back Umer Ali Shahiner smashed George Kevin and Kudu in the face in that first half. Not even call as a foul, although it's, it's by the rules, right? That's a yellow card at the very least nowadays. And it was quite a flagrant, like nasty one. And not only that, but there was like a major stoppage afterwards, so they had plenty of time. To notice it, to have someone notice it, and then be like, "Hey, oh wait, we should look at that," you know. And just, no act- activity by the ref, by the VAR booth, nothing. And that is, uh, you know, a, a failure of Turkish refereeing, as you tend to tend to see, frankly. Um, but so yeah, that that half, like I said, they had one highlight, the 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 Nejip giveaway where Triore almost puts it away, by Besiktas, and they only had like not even 40% of the ball I don't think but the majority of the highlights five major highlights relatively big chances and I don't know if they qualify as big chances you know statistically officially but as far as being worth mentioning here um, anyway but so we carry on into that second half and now things start to happen the 54th minute on a corner kick uh, Jackson Muleka gets his head on it, sends it across the goal mouth perfectly. I mean, a number of guys should have cut it, cut in and just slammed it into the back of the net, but it falls perfectly to Nejip, who, instead of doing normal, controlling it, getting a shot on, putting it back into the goal mouth, whatever, it's just to create another chance or, again, score. He tries to backheel it off a of volley, like a one-touch backheel, and just kicks it off of his own leg squanders the opportunity fine he's a central defender you know but like why then exactly what what are you doing trying to be slick like that you fool get it together dude anyway 56 minute junior kaisada enters the match for umer ali shahiner booze because again right this guy could have potentially been taken out could have been carted out of that match so that's uh you know good coaching, I suppose, by Emery to get him out, but terrible refereeing. Uh, a minute later, Nathan Redmond makes his debut, and I didn't even mention that we brought him in in the news section, but yeah, uh, former Southampton, uh, very technical left winger, came on and made an immediate impact, and the ball was like glued to his feet, uh, but yeah, so he came on for Muleka, and some people are like, oh, you know, Muleka shouldn't have come off, even Nkudu, I mean, in reality, Nkudu is getting into a lot of chances here in positions. Like, he should have already had a goal or two or at this point. Uh, but so I think you're kind of expecting him to redeem himself. He's also playing well in a kind of underspoken way, where he's coming back and defending and putting in great effort. So that's, you know, that was an interesting thing to notice, it was good. Um, so yeah, I guess what I'm saying I, I understand that, so rather than Taking out Nkudu, I think taking off Muleka was the right call, uh, and I think bringing on Redmond was the right call. So credit to the coach for that sub. 58th minute, yellow card for Sally Uchan. I don't recall it to be honest. 63rd minute, Junior Caicedo gets a yellow card. Who just come on? We have a corner kick, and Saiz does something really clever where he like gets a touch on it with his foot to bring it up into the path of his head, and then he heads it in. Uh, but a, a clever keeping by Volkan Babajan, in this case, quick reflex, saves it. Uh, but again, pressing, 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 all the highlights are best, Now it's 7 to 1, 66 minute. Nathan Redman with the big highlight. Fancy foot, great dribbling, Cross it, like cuts it in and sends in a shot. And it, it uh, goes near post, but just wide. And that's 8 to 1 in terms of major highlights. Subs for them, Deniz Turuch comes on for Berkay-Uljan, Serdar Gürler comes on for Munir-Chuayir. Um, so they're kind of retreating to some extent. I mean, I don't know if that's actually true. They're going wing- wingy, you know. They're, they're sort of ho- hoping that they can sort of knock something into the box. But cognizant of the fact that they've struggled a bit. They're not trying to be fancy on the ground like with, with Munir or um, control the midfield with Berkay. But so, um, sure enough, 70th minute. Whenever a Nejip is the start of a highlight, you better brace yourself. Sure enough, terrible pass. Intercepted quite easily by um, by Shakhtar here, sending it right into the path of Kenny. Philip Kenny, it was a guy we almost bought. Right? Uh, we all, we were like, it was like a 99% thing. He, I think he'd arrived in Istanbul. But, um... Good thing because I guess he joined an Istanbul side in the end anyway. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, he gets a measure of revenge here. Lovely ball into the path of Triari. Triari, fancy with his feet, again gets past Roman Sais with his sort of dribble step. This time, there's no Nedjib to cover, he doesn't redeem himself in any way. And uh, what's worse is that Triari's shot nutmegs Roman Sais right through his legs. Uh, which I think obscures the vision of Emmanuel Bilgin, right? Because he can't see it coming. He probably doesn't realize there's a shot coming until it's already through his defender's legs, which he doesn't anticipate, especially because it's like romance size, you know, you're know, you expecting him to be... Like I, was, I was shocked that Terraria went for it like that, but anyway, a goal. We're down, nailed to one. Their second highlight of this match. Their first shot on target, and only for the entire match. So, it is what it is. 72nd minute, Redmond does really well, finds Jedson in the box. Jedson sends it right into the hands of Volkan, center of the goal. If he sends it any other direction, it's a goal. Great setup by Nathan Redmond. And, you know, credit to uh, Jedson as well. He's played well for the most part. Um, I mean, he just didn't stand out as far as like his dominance in the midfield as he has in previous matches, but If he scores there, right, we all look past it Um, What else happens what else happens uh, subs 75th minute jank Tosin on for Jetson uh, Tayeb Sanuch comes on for Nejip we saw. We all know why that happened Guarte with the yellow card in 76, 79 um Ford Bingo comes on for Berka Varda, so it's interesting to see him in a six role. But again, he was quite active. He got back. He defended well. He was all around the pitch. Like he performed in that role quite well. I don't know, uh, but again, a, a nice solid debut from another newcomer. You like to see that. And I think that applies to, to both of our newcomers here, right? Like Tayyip Sandridge played quite well as did typhoon bingo uh, as did nathan redmond so um great little debuts unfortunately not quite enough to get the job done um 81st minute stefano okakachuca comes on for Philippe kenny daniel alexic comes on for bertrand traore cenk would send in a beautiful cross right around the same moment perfectly into the path of that leg horse who his, like, he's, he heads it. He, I mean, he screws up, let's be honest. He probably could have headed this into the back of the net. Instead, he muffs it. It sort of bounces down and cams around a little bit. I think he sends it into the path of Nkuru, And then Nkuru is saved again. A major flub. He may have skied it. I don't even remember. At this point, it's all a blur. We don't score, though, even though he's one-on-one again. <sighs> 82nd minute. Yusuf Shimia gets a yellow card 86th minute Romain Sais gets a yellow card 88th minute Typhur Bingo does a lovely job of sending it across uh, after some great build up into the path of Jank Tosun who I think if he just nods it back there's uh, Salih behind him I mean, uh, someone to his left I think Like, there's an easy goal waiting for someone instead he goes for glory and tries a bicycle kick sending it just high and wide I mean, he almost actually pulls it off and he's done it before, so I guess he can't be too mad. But in this setting, you know, maybe you want him to do the right thing. But okay, whatever. 90th minute, Denis Trudic gets the yellow card. 94th minute, Stefano Okakachuga gets the yellow card. As well as Tayyip Sandwich. I'm guessing some sort of back and forth with arguing. I think it was in a build up to a free kick because Fashakshir um, was quite impetuous in this way, um, blocking. Us from taking the kick, wasting a lot of time arguing about the the, the the foul which was an obvious one and they waste three minutes in extra time doing all this close to four uh, and in the end, the ref uh, Halil Umut Meler gives us only one extra minute despite that just sort of underlying what I think was a fairly terrible performance from him all around lots of bad calls for us, cards not given, allowing them to play very physically and not giving them, you know, not warning them or, or, you know, trying to restore order of any kind, Um, and and it resulted in our losing. I mean, again, it's not the ref's fault. I wouldn't go that far, but certainly that didn't help at all, and we did lose. That was the final score, nil to one. Um... At the end, possession was quite even, 51 to 49 in their favor. (coughs) My XG, the one that from my app, is 1.78, they had 0.51. So we dominated there again, 21 shots to their 7, but only 2 on target to their 1. Should have been enough though, perhaps. Uh, At least to hold out for a draw, you'd imagine. Um, They had 352 passes completed at an 81% rate, and we had 318 completed at an 80% rate. So, pretty even in that regard. They committed 11 fouls to our nine. Um, It should have been like 20 to our nine, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, Of our, now let's talk about those 21 shots. 15 shots inside the box, six outside. Four of them were blocked right by defenders or whatever so fair enough but that means that we had 15 shots off target as many shots off target as we had shots inside the box so uh, it's frustrating and just that they're the ones who finally get that goal that, that that breakthrough goal after all of the pressure we put on their goal it's quite frustrating it's it's downright annoying but it is what it is. Uh, let's talk, I suppose, about individual performers. Um, you know, like I tend to do, I'll, I'll list off all the guys who rated above a 7. You know, all the guys who were rated to have played well. In this case, here gets the distinct advantage. Uh, and of course, that's, that's very much helped by the fact that Kenny and Traore get goals and assists, which gives them inflated points, right? But so they're top two. Kenny first, Traore second. Umar Ali Shahiner, third, which is crazy. He could have been red carded out of the match. Then Sali Uchan, is the highest-rated Bechitaj player. Yosuf India their central defender. Then Berkay Vardar, who put in a pretty decent shift. I'll, I'll give him credit. A lot of effort from him today, or yesterday. Then Volkan Babajan, right? I mean, he made a lot of saves, to his credit. I mean, he actually didn't make a lot of saves, but he made two crucial ones. Uh, Mahmoud Tektemir, Leo Duarte, so all of these are sort of defensive minded players for them which said a lot. Then Jedson Fernandes, Berkay Uzjan, Lucas Bilia, and that's it. So three Bashi Taj players uh, among the, the guys rated above a 7. <clears throat> kind of top 10 if you will, top 12. <clears throat> but so, I don't know if I'm giving Jedson, Berkai or... Sally, uh, man of the match. For me, uh, this is this is a hard one. I don't know if I'd give anyone man of the match. This was just a, a rough outing all around. I don't think anyone really stood out as playing particularly well. I mean, maybe Berkay Vardar, just because um, he's played quite poorly in some, some of his outings of late. So, you know, for him to come out and, and put in a good shift, that's good for him, and it's good for us, right? That's our academy kid. Um, them to develop and play well so he's obviously working on the game you love to see it why not I'll give him man of the match uh, but that's it I think that's all I really really have to say about the match itself I, I guess what I'll do next is talk about the standings right and we have a good I think realistic version of standings now everyone just about everyone has six matches played except of course for Bashakshi here and Fener, who had their bye week this week. Um, so on top of course is Konya's who again were victorious They beat Hatayspor one to nil Eking out a win in the 66th minute, but that's what they do They're, they win one nil That's they have yet to allow a goal all season uh, Same for Basakshi here. It's worth noting. Although for Konya they played an extra match. So We'll see if Basakshi here can maintain that their next match will be against Fatih Karagumruk so maybe not a huge challenge in that regard. But so yeah, first place Konya with 14 points. Second place is Başakşehir with 13 points and I'll give them second place because they've only they, they have that game in hand like I said. But a number of teams have 13 points which includes us, Beşiktaş, Taashur in third, uh, then Adana Demir and Galatasaray. So we all have 13 points uh, and we're in third on goal differential. Obviously, we've yet to face uh, Adana Demir or Galatas today. Uh, then there's Gaziantep, who slipped a bit there. Now in sixth place with 11 points, they uh, they drew against Umraniye one to nil, which is which is tough for them. While I sort of skipped over Galatas, I guess I should mention they were victorious two to three on the road against Kasim Pasha. although they struggled against Kasim Pasha, which should not be. Uh, as for Adana Demir, they beat Trabzone Sport 3-2, dramatic, dramatically in the 94th minute with the winner. Although, they had a very suspect goal taken off the books just prior to that. So, that that goal kind of saved the referee, honestly. But anyway, a good win for Adana Demir. And they are you know, in that bunch with us, with 13 points now, right, right behind us, in fact. Um, so going down the line, you have now 7th place Fenerbahce with 10 points. They do have a game in hand, so they could join that that 13-point group alongside us, potentially bumping us out of third. I think they'd have the goal differential advantage with a plus 9 as things stand. Uh, they beat Kiev during the week you know, in the Europa League. They have Rennes this week, and then they'll be playing Alanya. So they actually have a pretty tough tough opponent coming up. Um, tribe Zone, like I said, they lost to Adana Demir. They're in that zone with Fener, with ten points now, in eighth place. Uh, a very tough start of the season for them. Three, one, and two, uh, and they actually lost against Ferenc Varos in the Conference League, or no, Europa League, I guess. Sorry. Um, and so, yeah, they followed that up by then losing it. by the same scoreline, three to two to Adana Demir. Uh, they're in eighth place, a draw and two losses already in our first six matches. So they will not be too happy with how things are going for them. Um, none of us should be too shocked. They were really poor at the end of last season as well. And yeah, terrible European outing would suggest that they uh, they're looking for form. Uh, and then anyway, so beyond that, I mean that that's it. You've already covered your big teams and everything. Um, Kaiseri and Alanya, and then we're following. But so, in the relegation zone, it's still Ankara Guju at the very bottom. Still only one point they lost to Alanya. Uh, Hatay Spore as well, still just one point they lost to Konya. Umranie got themselves their second point you know, with that draw against Gaziantep that I mentioned. And so now they're third from the bottom with two points compared to those guys with one. And then right above them is Istanbul Spore with four points they drew Sivas one-to-one in their last match and that's worth noting because we're gonna play them next on the road technically but it's at the uh, at the Turk Olympiad you know the giant Olympic Stadium that they have in Istanbul that used to be our our home stadium for a hot minute as well but so uh, yeah that's uh, you know it's a good time to meet Istanbul's board I suppose well you know knock on wood of course uh, you hope for the best. Um, but so, yeah, Istanbul Spor is that last team in the relegation zone, although they do have four points, as does Sivas, who they drew. Uh, and right above them, Fatih Karagumruk has five. So Fatih Karagumruk has lifted themselves out with two draws. In fact, they they they've beat Ankara Gujou, drew Sivas, and then drew Giresun. So five points in their last three matches, and those are their first five points of the season, and that's why they're not in the relegation zone. So they seem to be finding their form to some extent. Same goes for Kasim Bashe, who's a notch above them with six points. They had come out really poor initially. They've still allowed the most goals in the league with 14. Uh, but anyway, that about covers it. That's the top and the bottom of the table. Like I said, Besiktas third place, 13 points. Still very much in <laughs> uh, within reach of the top, na- na- naturally, right? Like the season's just begun. I mean, Basakshi here has that match in hand. They could theoretically have 16 points after they've played six matches. So they could theoretically be three points ahead of us. Although well, that's not in the books by any stretch. Everyone knows in the Super League anything can happen. So what it all means is that you know it's still a good season for us. Four wins, one draw, and one loss. We were bound to lose eventually. Uh, and of course, Bashakshir was that was a possibility. Uh, if anyone's curious, I guess I might as well mention. You know, as far as our head the head goes. Last year, Bashak here beat us in their home stadium. And then we drew them in Vodafone Park. So, uh, we managed one point against Bashak Shahir last season. I mean, we can still surpass that. <laughs> which is, I guess, okay. Um, hopefully, we'll win the next match in, in their stadium and get, get one back. That would be nice. But, uh, no matter what, nothing to really fear too much. We really were the dominant side. Uh, again, right? we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Massive highlights slash chances to their two. We were the dominant side. We should have won this match. and It's a shame we didn't. But the good news is I think we'll probably not see Nejip in that starting 11 ever again. <laughs> Maybe finally He's—he's—we've uh, gotten rid of that—that that issue, and so you know, best of luck going forward. Obviously, uh, like I've already mentioned, our next match is going to be against Istanbul Sport. We are on the road, although it's in Ataturk Olympiad. It will be on Saturday, September 17th. Not so far in the future. In fact, uh, given that it's already Tuesday, September 13th, when I record, so um, just a few days away. Hopefully we can, we can restore order, you know, get another win, start feeling good about things again. But until then, stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter, at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles podcast, one word. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore Allah and of course, Let's go, Brescia! We'll get him next time. Shikhtash International hopes you enjoyed this program.